Welcome back to the AM show. I'm Miles Davis alongside Andre Monroe. Andre, how's it going today? Going pretty good. Um, but we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'm pretty excited. Me too. All right, let's get into it right now, starting with Russell Westbrook. So, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to a trade sending Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Chris Paul, two first-round picks, and two pick swaps. Andre, what's your opinion on this? Russell Westbrook to the Rockets, um, I feel like, well, Harden and Westbrook's going to be one of the best duels in the league now. Probably top five duo, of course. Uh, for the Thunder, I think it's good for both sides, actually. For the Thunder... Uh, they're rebuilding, um, doing the process again, and I feel like it's good for them because Westbrook was aging, Westbrook didn't want to be there, Paul George left, so it was the only thing they could have done, and they got pretty good uh, draft picks out of Paul George, and they got some good picks out of Chris Paul, I mean not Chris Paul, but Russell Westbrook. Now, the only thing I'm concerned with them is the contract for Chris Paul, and there was rumors that they wanted to trade Chris Paul, but it didn't work, so I mean... I feel like if the Dunter want to like actually rebuild, I feel like they can't have Chris Paul on their team with that contract, and he's aging too. So I feel like they should trade Chris Paul. But the Thunder, they're looking pretty good for the future right now. I don't know about it for the for the Rockets though. I don't know if they can contend with the Clippers and the Lakers, but they got some star power, and so it's pretty good for both sides. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I feel like with the Thunder, I would. I don't feel like the Thunder really want to start off the season with Chris Paul as their starting point guard. I feel like they'd definitely rather have Shai Gilgis Alexander leading, leading the team and being the guy. And I feel like he has the potential to really become the guy that Oklahoma City needs in developing a championship contender team in this rebuilding process. But. For the Rockets, I feel like it's a good trade pairing up James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I recently did a segment on how James Harden had a pretty good three-point shooting year in his last season with the Thunder where he shot 39% from three. And I feel like if Westbrook and Harden are both willing to pass the ball from time to time, I feel like the sky's the limit for the Rockets. Sky, yeah, sky's the limit. For, I don't know if the sky's the limit, but they have a pretty good roster. Um, they have a pretty good team. But, again, they're in the West, so I don't know how far they'll go. I don't know how far they'll go, but they're in the West because they're in the West for LeBron, PG, uh, Paul George, and Kawhi. So. But Harden and Westbrook, one of the best duos, so they can compete with I, anyone, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like even though you have, unlike with Oklahoma City, where Russell Westbrook was basically didn't really have anyone for some significant period of time besides Paul George. You could say, oh, Steven Adams or stuff like that. But this Rockets team, besides Harden and Westbrook, they still have a good team. You got Clint Capella, who's still a solid center. His contract doesn't represent his value because I feel like he's definitely overvalued and overpaid, I believe. I still think he's a good center. P.J. Tucker's a solid defender. And Eric Gordon is probably one of the best six men in the National Basketball Association. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with you on that. The Rockets do have a good roster. Um, in terms of, it depends on, because I know Harden's going to be amazing. Harden was MVP in my opinion last year, so Harden's going to be amazing. The concern is Russell Westbrook to me. It depends how he fits into the offense with Mike D'Antoni, with um, James Harden, because he's a ball, he's a 
primary ball handler, and last year James Harden, when especially when Chris Paul was up, was on the bench, James Harden was their ball handler. So I don't know how that worked, um, but I feel like they can figure it out definitely. But my concern is Russell Westbrook. I know Harden will be amazing. I feel like if worst comes to worst, if it if they if Harden and Westbrook don't gel. I feel like they're not going to blame it on Westbrook or Harden. They're going to blame it on Coach Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, they like, are. Yes, they have not re-signed him to a contract extension. So they might just get rid of him and find someone that they believe could prove prove that the value of having Harden and Westbrook together and would utilize it properly. All right, I have two questions. First of all, uh, for Thunder, on the Thunder side, going back to the Thunder uh, so they obviously have Chris Paul now. Um, they have that bad contract on them, on their hands. So I feel like you think they should trade him. I feel like you know you think they should trade him. But what do you think they should trade him to, and especially for what? Like what? What's Chris Paul's value? Well, first I think you have to realize that there's a good chance that Chris Paul will start off the season wearing number three on the Oklahoma City Thunder because you have to think who is willing to take that contract. I don't think the Oklahoma City Thunder will be willing to buy him out unless they can't find any um, possible suitors to receive Chris Paul's salary and get something of use to them and what they're trying to accomplish in the future. Unless Chris Paul says, get me out of here, I want to be traded or or bought out or my contract bought out, then there's a good chance and that he actually stays in Oklahoma City. But if he were to be traded, a potential destination that has been talked about with Chris Paul, similar to Russell Westbrook, is the Miami Heat. I feel like the Miami Heat needs something, someone else to back up a player in Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is currently the guy. I feel like if Chris Paul was still on that team, Jimmy would still be the guy. Because I feel like Jimmy's a top 15 player, and I feel like Chris Paul isn't. Fact. Yeah. So, I just feel like he. I would. I kind of. I'm kind of intrigued to see Chris Paul wearing a Miami Heat jersey, but I'd also be a little bit intrigued. This is probably like not going to happen, considering that LeBron's running point. Lakers, and I see yeah. him in the uh, the banana boat. <laughs> kind of see him and LeBron play together. Have Kuzma come off the bench or something like that. Have Paul Green. Um, actually, no, don't don't do that. Have Cousins. You can maybe even have Cousins come off the bench. Have Paul Green, James Kuzma, Davis, or just have Kuzma go off the bench and put Davis at the four and Cousins at the five. There'd be many options, and to move Braun back to the three or just keep him at the one. Don't go for Chris Paul. Simple as that. Yeah, what's cr- what's crazy? Going back to LeBron though for a sec. What's crazy is that. Uh, Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul are all in that LeBron circle, banana boat circle, whatever you want to call it, and they both got traded for each other. So that's pretty. That's pretty interesting to me. But I, um, I, I feel like none, I feel like none of them have like I feel like Russ, Westbrook and Paul are still on good terms, and I feel like Harden and Paul are still on good terms. Like I don't think there's any like bad blood brewing or anything. So I feel like they're all good. Harden and Paul is what I'm confusing about, but it was just, they said they were cool, so I'm going to take their word for it, not the media. Um, but uh, did you say? Did you say uh, what you would trade for him? Like what you what you would give up for Chris Paul? 
if he were the Heat. That's the thing. I wouldn't trade for Chris Paul. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would, like if I, I'm if I'm one of the other twenty nine NBA, well twenty eight not including the Rockets now. I would not trade for Chris Paul. I have no reason to have his salary. He is completely overpaid. I don't want him. If I want him, I'm gonna wait for the Thunder to buy out his contract. If 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 Chris Paul wants to play for me. I would ask him, you want to play for us? Go to Oklahoma, go to Sam Presti and say, buy out my contract, and we will sign you to a team-friendly deal that benefits all parties, so that you can maybe get a championship or a taste past the second round. And we can get sa- and we can have more salary cap. So that we can get more free agents, more ta- more talent. I think it just cut out for a bit, but uh, yeah. So I agree with you, actually. Uh, I don't really have much else to say about Chris Paul, especially Chris Paul. But uh, so I think that's pretty it. But I want to ask you: Did uh, like did this trade? Did Chris Paul going to the Thunder and did Westbrook going to the? Rockets, did that tr- did that change any of your predictions for how the East, I mean not the East, the West will um will turn out this year? I believe it gives the Rockets a better chance. I do not think it really shakes anything up. Really, the only thing that would scare me is if Westbrook and Harden ex- really really gel. If they don't, then I just think it'll be better for the Rockets, but and they're not really gonna go places. Like, they're not going to make a bunch of noise. Like, they'll be able to do, like, some, like, small damage, but they're not going to make noise. But if Harden and Westbrook gel, they're going to do some damage, and my goodness, they're going to make some noise. I really hope they do, because that'll be best for the NBA. That'll be best for the West, um, because another contender, that's better for the NBA. Uh, but they do have assets, so they can make another trade if Westbrook and, uh, and uh, Harden is not enough, which it probably won't be. I don't think Westbrook and Harden will be enough. So they probably could make a trade. They do have assets, like you said, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, Cacabella, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the for the West and the uh, trade. But moving on to the NBA East. So Kyle Korver, yes, Kyle Korver, recently got uh, recently got signed to the Bucks. Many thought he was going to the Lakers. Many thought he was going to the Sixers. But he ended up on the Bucks because of reportedly his interest with um, the coach Mike Budenholzer, whatever his name is. So how do you feel about that? Um, I recently did a show about this on Sportscaster about my thoughts on this. I am sad. I'm sad because I would have loved to see Kyle Korver come back full circle, circle in a Sixers uniform. I feel like I also said in the show that there's a chance that he might come back next year if hopefully he doesn't retire and hopefully he still has it and comes back to Philly. But I feel like we really missed out on something. Like that was probably the best fit for us was a guard who can shoot, who could have replaced JJ Reddick, giving us shooting off the bench. Because our starting lineup gives us defense. Our bench wouldn't need to give us shooting. We have Mike Scott. We have James Ennis. We have all we have guys. We have a lot of strong guys who can make yeah. some noise. I was talking about the Rockets, but they 
need to do, but we needed something else. We just missed. We were missing one teeny tiny thing. That thing was Kyle Corker. So, but I feel like whatever team you went to, in the end, they're going to be a contender. Both teams, I feel like, have a good chance of making it to the finals coming out of the East, both the Bucks and the Sixers. However, I also talked on my show that the Sixers can still get someone who can provide them with shooting off the bench. And I said, this is likely not going to happen. I really hope it does. Because I feel like, because they're connected with Link to Gabo Cephalosha, who used to play for the Jazz. They, I think they need Jamal Crawford. That's what I was thinking also. So he scored 50 points in his last game coming off the bench. Against, on the Suns. On the Suns. Oh, team like the Suns. They can do it. They can... We had someone like Jamal Crawford in the playoffs. That would be extremely useful. I feel like we could definitely utilize his skills. Didn't he do that three times? I remember someone saying that from uh, the camp. Someone saying that he did it three times. And uh, like on three different teams. Something like that. It was a question. It was a trivia question. I believe he did. Yeah, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. You know who we need, though? Who? It's not Jamal Crawford. It's uh, Carmelo Anthony. That's who we need. Get out. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Andre, Andre. I'm your friend, man. I respect <laughs> you. I've loved doing this podcast. But Carmelo Anthony? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to. I'm going to speak in the wise words of Stephen A. I'm. I'm getting my Stephen A. voice. I'm getting my. I'm Go getting ahead. Hour of Stephen A. I'm about to. I'm about to preach some wisdom upon the people who are listening to this podcast. If we signed Carmelo Anthony, and after 20 games, we would have wasted all that money. I am going to say these words. Ready? Go ahead. We've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok led astray and downright deceived because if you think that Carmelo Anthony is going to help us then brother stay off the weed <laughs> that was a nice impression but uh, luckily I don't know what half those words mean <laughs> but uh yeah I don't think we need I, I just feel on a like serious note I feel bad for Carmelo uh, no teams I, want him. I, I feel like right now in his career, he should just retire. Like he was, he was doing, he was doing good in New York, but then stuff was going down. Heck, even LeBron doesn't want him. <laughs> even LeBron doesn't want him. LeBron, LeBron wants everyone LeBron too. Doesn't want you, and you are literally a part of the banana boat crew. There are three other people, right? It's you, Chris Paul, D Wade, and LeBron. And. LeBron doesn't want you. Yeah, you then know. that means something. Yeah. Who thinks that some other team's willing to invest in you? You know that's bad when LeBron's your best friend. He doesn't even want you to be on exactly. his team. But uh, going back to the Kyle Corbin thing, I didn't give my take on it yet. But uh, my first reaction was like, I was really, I was same as you. I was pretty sad because we had, we had JJ Redick. We lost him. Landry Shamit. We lost him. Uh, we could have had a chance at Kyle Culver, didn't get him. And these are all like same type of players, knockdown shooters, move-in shooters, and that's what we don't have, and that's what we need. And uh, so I was pretty, at first, I was pretty sad. But after like a couple hours, um, and after I actually thought about it, I decided that since, like, if you, if you don't want to come to Philly, like, 
I like players that don't want to come to Philly. I just I don't care about them because if you don't want to come to Philly, then you then you're if and if you're on the opposing team, then we have to beat you now. And if you don't want to come to Philly, if you don't want to join us, then we're gonna have to beat you. And I think that we're gonna beat the Bucks. And I think the Bucks are not getting past us. I feel like on Kyle Culver's side, he should have gone to the Sixers because that was the best decision on a player's side. But if you don't want to come, like just like Jimmy, if he doesn't want to come, then we have to beat them now. And that's has, yeah, that has to be the that has to be the attitude. Um, so yeah, that was. God. Our team, the way that our team is designed, is to be a team with a tall star player. That's, That's what the Bucks tall. have. And you know who has tall star players? The Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. The Los Angeles Lakers. And the Los Angeles. Well, the Los Angeles Clippers are actually kind of small. And those and are all contenders. Those are all contenders. Their money because we are built off of defense and height. So if we get someone like Jamal Crawford, we we will have defense on our side. We will have we will have some offensive game on our side. Hopefully, Ben Simmons develops some. a jump. Yeah, some. We'll have height on our side, and heck, we might have shooting off the bench on our side. And if we have those things. Then my friend, Sixers in six. Sixers and four. Sixers and four. Sixers and three. Sixers and one. We don't have. I don't understand. Sixers and one. We don't have to like face them. They'll just forfeit. Like once they see our team, the height. Oh my god. We're gonna crush their spirits and they're gonna forfeit. (laughs) That's how we won the championship. They'll they'll just see our lineup and they'll be like, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, to add to your Carmelo Anthony thing. If yeah. he were to, if he were to sign with a team, a team that I would look into, that would that I think would look into Carmelo, or I would consi- at least consider it, is the Miami Heat because I don't feel like the Miami Heat really have that much. They have yeah. Jimmy, Tyler Hero, who actually kind of balled out during summer. Summer league, yeah, he did. And nothing, nothing else really, because they because Goran Dragic, I'm pretty sure, got traded. Um, Hassan Whiteside's gone. So besides Jimmy, their best player right now is Kelly Olynyk. But um, for Carmelo Anthony, he, was he drafted by the Knicks or the Nuggets? Nuggets. He was drafted by the Nuggets. He got traded to the Knicks. Oh yeah. Well, his yeah. His main t- like if you're looking at his career, uh, you will see Carmelo Anthony as a Nick. And so for that reason, I feel like why don't the Knicks just sign him? You know, they they're trash anyway. You know, they're not contending anyway. Just sign him. Just let him retire there. I feel like that's what the Knicks should do. Like, you're not going to win a championship anyway. I feel like the Knicks should do that, too. Put Carmelo at four and then have... But then what's the point of Julius Randle? That's the thing. Like, you I have mean, Julius Randle. His, his sole purpose is to start. <laughs> like, for some reason, Julius Randle is going to be their starting power forward. It's going to be um, Smith, um, Barrett, Knox, Randle, Robinson. It's not a terrible lineup. Like, some of those kids have actually shown potential. I mean, I mean Carmelo, he can just come off the bench, play one minute, sit down, rest for the rest of the game. Carmelo's not. <laughs> I know. He'd rather just go. He'd rather go to a team like Jamal Murray or something like that. So, all right, just like the Chris Paul thing, with Kyle Corver going to the Bucks, do you feel like that changes anything? Um, not really. It just, just having like. They have shooters. They already have Chris Middleton as a shooter. 
but he's actually he's getting kind of he's starting to get old. He's twenty nine right now, so I don't I don't really think it does much just shooting off the bench and stuff. I guess like more uh, basically just a replacement for Malcolm Brogdon. It's just that Corver could probably shoot it better than than Brogdon, and I feel like Corver has shown that he is one of the best shooters in the league. I feel like. It doesn't change really that much because I feel like the Sixers are going to find a way to do something about it. If they get Jamal Crawford, then I'd say Sixers. And, like, that'll just even the scales. Like, it'll, like, change the dynamic, I guess. Because you're going to have... Because right now, I feel like it's Sixers and Bucks. What what people see in society right now is that the Sixers and Bucks are right at it. Or or that the Bucks are above the Sixers. Currently, what I see is that they're both together. Because the Sixers don't have that shooter off the bench. If the Sixers were to sign Jamal Crawford, then I believe that the Sixers are the team to beat these. Jamal Crawford, you think Jamal Crawford makes that big of an impact? Yes, I, I truly do. I truly believe that his ability to score off the bench is something that we are in desperate need of, and will change the dynamic of the team. All right, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can get with that. I don't know. I haven't really, well, he, he's been hopping teams lately, so I haven't really got the chance to watch him. But yeah, just a one-year deal. He's getting old, but I feel like he'll be able to perform for at least one more year. Yeah, just give him, just give him like a dollar for for playing. The minimum, the very, the minimum, the most minimum you can get, a dollar. That's what we should offer him. But other than that, Theo Cephalosha, I feel like that would be a great fit too. I, I agree. I, I agree. The problem that I have with him is that he is injury prone. He has missed 76 games in the past two years. And I feel like that come playoff time, if Cephalosia is not there, we might be in a little bit of trouble. Not, I'm not saying like in the first round or the second round. No, I'm just talking about when the Eastern Conference Finals come around. We're playing Milwaukee. That's when I'm going to be a little bit concerned. Alright, you know who else has made, has like missed a lot of games in the last two years? Who? Carson Wentz. So, with that, we're going to move on to the Eagles and uh, Darren Sproles. I thought that was a nice transition. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's just, it wasn't. Uh, just a I, little I, joke. I, I was actually kind of shocked at that transition, not going to lie. That was shocking. I didn't see that coming. Once you said that, I thought in my head, I thought in my head, oh, this would be the perfect transition. So yeah, moving on to the no, not well the Eagles, but not Carson Wentz. We're probably not going to talk about Carson Wentz, or maybe we are. But Darren Sproles recently signed an extension with the Eagles. Um, I think I don't know the money details, but he signed a one-year deal to come back. He's uh, he's probably going to be his last year, so I hope he win a title. How do you feel about this um signing? I'm gonna say the exact same thing that I said on my show recently. Um, that I like it. I am somewhat confused about it because now you have eight running backs. Ocho. Eight running backs. that run. And I feel like that, that, I mean, I'm cool with having Sproles coming back. He gives a lot, he gives gives speed, quickness, agility to, to the team that they might not have had with Clement, Sanders, and Howard, which is great. I'm, the only reason why I'm sad about it is because Josh Adams might not make the team. He'll probably he'll like. Oh yeah, 
I love right? Josh Adams. Because he's a good guy. I feel like he definitely deserves to be on an NFL roster. I feel like he's shown that he has the potential to compete on an NFL level. But I feel like you just have so much darn talent in the running back position. But, you know, injuries are what plagued us last season. Yeah. So if one, of, if one of them gets injured, Adams would definitely be the perfect replacement for something like a Sanders or a Clement or a Howard. I mean... Start them. Like, you would probably start... If Howard gets injured, you start Sanders. If Sanders gets injured, you put Adams in that... You move up Clement, put in um, Adams in that position. So... All right. I got a question. Do you, all right, do you know by heart the last five uh, Super Bowl winners and the Eagles? It was the Eagles one time, the Patriots twice. And what about those teams, those two teams before? It was the Broncos, right, and the Seahawks? Seahawks, Broncos, yes. All right. Four, I don't know. Uh, actually, I don't know about the Broncos, but the Patriots, the two-time Patriots and the Eagles both had running back committees, and they both, they both, won the title in the last two years so i think that's the i think that's the way to win now uh having a running back committee not just leaning on one star running back i feel like our running back committee is the best option to win a title now because for one you don't have a you're not paying your running back like 20 mil a year and instead you have like five running backs who can do the job and for two um it's way more it's way more complicated for defense to reach you so I feel like a running back committee is the best option to win a title now, and I feel like that's what the Eagles are doing. They succeeded. They succeeded with it already um, in 2017, and I feel like this is the year to succeed with it again. They have Jordan Howard, um, Miles Sanders, the best running back in the draft. Yes, he was the best running back in the draft, not Josh Jacobs. Uh, who else do we have? Corey Clement won a Super Bowl. He was great in that Super Bowl in 2017 and the whole 2017 season actually. Uh, Corey Clement. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, who else? Darren Sproles, of course. Uh, Josh Adams, and I feel like I feel like I'm missing one, but yeah, we have a lot of talented running backs. So yeah, I feel like with what what the Rams have, if you want to succeed in the NFL, you need to when the passing game isn't working, you need to have a running have a strong running game to fall back on. Right now in the NFL, it's pass first, run second. So, but if you're if you can't consistently pass, 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 or defenses are just going to consistently read you and understand and prepare for just passing. If you, if you catch my drift, because yeah. if your running game is weak, you're not going to use it, which is what the Rams did. The Rams had no running game towards the end because you had you just had C.J. Anderson. But Todd Gurley was non-existent. I'm actually concerned. That Todd Gurley's getting paid a lot of money, and he's not himself. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be himself again, considering this injury. Because they're all like, because Sean McVay is talking about how Gurley's okay, but he's not. He doesn't look okay. Gurley. Yeah, Gurley. Yeah. Uh, last year, last year Gurley. Well, they depended on what's his name. Oh my God, I forget. Uh, the C.J. Anderson. Yeah, C.J. Anderson. Great running back for them, and they mix it up with Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, and that worked out for them. It uh, it, they, comp they went to the Super Bowl, so uh, I feel like that's what that's the that's basically what you have to do to win now. You have to have a running back community, not like a twenty that not like a twenty mil per year running back like Ezekiel yeah, Elliott. Running backs burn out real quick. 
They're not they're not like quarterbacks where they can be playing till they're like forty years forty years old. That's not how running backs work. They'll play to like their thirties and then just retire. Because yeah. they had a good run. Yeah, that's the sad truth. But um alright, so we talked about Darren Sproles, but after this Darren Sproles signing, how confident on a scale from one to ten, how confident are you with this Eagles roster going into the next season? I'd say a nine. Nine? The, oh. one, the one thing that's going to stop us, it stopped the it stopped the Warriors from winning a championship this final season. It stopped the Eagles from having a good having a like an, a really, really good chance at winning a Super Bowl. And it's injuries. It's injuries. That's it. It's all yeah. it's all injuries, man. If the team can if their main playmakers can stay healthy, then this team will win Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Because they, they, they have so much talent. They're even more talented than the 2017 team that won the Super Bowl. If Carson Wentz stays healthy, he does well in the playoffs, and the core foundation of this team can stay healthy for the regular season and the playoffs, then this team will win the Super Bowl. I guarantee you. Uh, and I'm giving it a 10, actually. Um, we have Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Howard, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey. On the defense, we have Malcolm Jenkins, one of the best safeties. Fletcher Cox, one of the best D linemen, probably number two on D tackles. Um, we have Doug Peterson, a top three coach in the NFL. We have a just a great roster great organization great GM and Howie Roseman and I just trust his roster so much and I think Carson Wentz will be will win the MVP this year actually uh, whether that's Super Bowl MVP or regular season MVP whatever it is I feel like Carson Wentz will get, will get an MVP this year and I'm confident in my quarterback I'm confident in the roster and I feel like we will at least go to the Super Bowl this year I'm not going to say win it yet but we will at least go to the Super Bowl this year all right, let's move on to our last topic of the day. We're going to be a little bit controversial. So Tyreek Hill yeah. received no suspension from the NFL for allegedly causing domestic violence to his wife and his child. Andre, what is your take on this? Well, I don't – first of all, I didn't really read into the actual details of, like, the domestic abuse. Like, I didn't read into the crime and all that because I, I just don't want to talk about that because – that's like it's it's related, but it's like not what we talk about on here. Well, it could be, but I feel like I want to talk about the the Chiefs aspect of it and what does that mean for the Chiefs. But on Tyreek Hill for a little bit, I don't really know about like whether he deserved it or not, or whether he um should have got suspended. But for the Chiefs side, I feel like this um doesn't really change anything for them. I feel like uh they still. They could contend, but I feel like they won't contend. I feel like uh, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, um, he will be great for the Chiefs, but Patrick Mahomes, I feel like he will underachieve. I don't feel like, I feel like what's going to stop the Chiefs again, and I feel like what they never truly recognize yeah. is that their weakness, their defense is absolutely incompetent. They just well, what about don't, they have no talent on their defense right now. Give or take Teron Matthew. 
That's Especially in the NFL, where it's so competitive, you gotta be great on both sides if you want to contend for a Super Bowl. And I feel like the Chiefs aren't capable of that. They just aren't. They have a good quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. He's a great quarterback. They have um, they don't have a they have Damian Williams, which is a solid running back, but not the best running back. Uh, and other than that, they really don't have any other running backs. They have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which is one of two of the best playmakers in the NFL, but. That's just their offense, and of course they have Andy Reid, one of the best play callers. But that that's just not enough to beat teams like the Patriots, um, maybe even the Browns. I don't think that would even be enough to beat the Browns. But luckily for the Chiefs, though, luckily there's only three teams competing in the in the um, AFC this year, and that's going to be the Patriots, the Browns, and the Chiefs. I don't really see any other team except for maybe the Chargers or something. But I don't really see any other team really like competing for a Super Bowl not not like their division or something because I feel like a lot of teams can win the division AFC West I would have to think about the Chargers because they had a pretty good season last year and the Colts as well because Andrew Luck is coming back Andrew Luck is actually still pretty young he's not that old Andrew Luck having a team like the Colts they're they're pretty underrated and I feel like you have to think you have to consider them as a potential contender. I'm not saying they're go I'm not saying they're definitely going to make the champions. They're going to make the Super Bowl. No. I'm just saying that they have a chance. There are teams that are good but don't have a chance. The yeah. Colts that are good, underrated, and actually have some sort of a chance. Yeah, yeah, I I could see the Colts having a chance. But the Chargers though, I feel like the Chargers window window for a Super Bowl is closing. Philip Rivers is aging. I feel like just every year they go to the playoffs, they just can't get it done. And I don't know why, but they just can't get it done. Just like last year, it was, and it was, I was kind of sad to see them uh, lose to the Patriots last year. And they actually lost in a, like, they had lost in a bad fashion. They got blown out, I think. And I feel like, like, Philip Rivers, um, I love him, but I feel like he does bad in the playoffs. And you have to be a good, not only with the regular season playoff team, but you have to be a, great playoff team in the playoffs, not just in the regular season. So, I feel like the yeah. Chargers window was closing to win the championship. But we'll see yeah. this year. Depending on how this season turns out, I would and considering the talent that's coming out of this year's this upcoming NFL draft, because you have quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, um, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. I feel like you have to think that one of those quarterbacks are going to fall in the first round, or where whenever the draft, whenever the Chargers pick, whether that's in the twenties or heck, it might even be in the tens, depending on how bad Philip Rivers does. Because if Philip Rivers does pretty bad, they might be picking like sixteen instead of twenty six or something. 
yeah yeah i actually think the same thing but let's uh let's talk a little bit more about the chiefs side of it and then let's end off with that uh for the chiefs i thought i think they will win the division of course i think their division is pretty easy i don't know i may be wrong on that but they'll win their division probably most likely they make it to the playoffs of course but after that i just don't know how like honestly I'm not as high on Patrick Mahomes as others are. Um, that whole 50 touchdown thing is, is great, but like when he's actually playing, he makes some risky throws, risky plays. He, uh, he runs out of the pocket and, uh, a lot. I don't, I don't really trust him as a pocket passer. He's a great arm. He has a great arm. Uh, he's a great passer of the football, um, kind of like Brett Favre-esque, but um, I just don't trust him en enough yet. Many people are calling him the best quarterback in the league and I'm not as high on him as that he's a top five quarterback but I don't know if he can carry them to the Super Bowl uh so yeah it just depends on can I get past the Patriots or not or the Browns even I believe that the Chiefs are the best team in the division just like you Andre I feel like Patrick Mahomes I feel like he can do it all I truly do I feel like he can run I feel like he can I feel like he can stay in the pocket, too. I, I don't think he prefers to stay in the pocket. Like, for some reason, I like I've, I've, I actually haven't watched a lot of film on Mahomes to check how much he spends time, how much time he spends in the pocket. But I believe that the Chiefs will finish first. I think the Chargers will come in second. I feel like Rivers will have a good season. I feel like, depending on how well they do in the playoffs, it will determine if they draft the quarterback like Kurtz or Justin Herbert, something like that. I got huh, I'm gonna go Raiders. I'm gonna go Raiders at three because the idea that you have Antonio Brown and Derek Carr and jo Josh Jacobs on the team, you have to give them some credit. I'm not saying they're gonna be insane or anything, but I don't, I don't think that the fourth team who I'm going to say is going to do that much better, which is the Denver Broncos. I do not think the Broncos are going to be that good. Yeah, with Joe Flacco. You're going to be starting Drew Lott, I believe? No, so, they're starting Flacco, I think. Who? They're starting Flacco, I think. Oh, uh, yes, they're starting Joe Flacco. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to be good. Yeah, but, uh, God, actually. It's funny that the most, um, the most decisive race AFC West is going to be the battle for third place. Uh, you talking about? Are you talking about seeding, like the third seed? Third place in the AFC West. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that would be interesting. The Raiders, uh, you can't write them off either. They have Antonio Brown and Derek Carr, who may improve because he finally has a weapon. So yeah, it's going to be interesting actually for the AFC. The AFC is usually boring, but it'll be interesting this year. But uh, okay. Alright, so preseason is coming up over the next few weeks, so over the next few weeks, uh, we'll be doing uh, like division by division predictions, so I'll stay tuned for that. But before we go, I just want to say one thing. Thank you guys for listening. We are now on Apple Podcasts, so thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it really much, and I think Mo I'm pretty sure Miles does too, so thank you, thank you everyone for listening. And that's it for the a and show today. Thanks for watching, and signing off. We're out.